Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. What's up? What's up? How's everyone? Hey, uh, listen, I am, I want to do two short announcements. Um, first announcement that I want to make is uh, we still have applications open for internship for next semester. Um, listen, we're going to be hit the ground running next semester, right? I'm excited about it. Uh, second thing is, that's on Instagram. If you want to find the link for it, please fill it out. Um, we'd love to uh, get to know you a little bit more and maybe see what God is working in and through your life. I'd love to uh, get to know that. Uh, second thing is, Crossover is, I mean, we are 100% volunteer-based. I mean, this, I'm telling you, this, everything set up, tear down, to outreach, to coffee teams, to everything, is just volunteers. And these are students that love Jesus and are serving for Jesus. And if you want to be a part of the volunteer team, I'm telling you, next semester, I, like, we need all the volunteers that we can get, because I feel like God is just doing a work on this campus, amen, and we need, we need as much help as possible. So listen, uh, if you already are volunteering now, uh, I still want you to sign a, a list that we have over there. I want your name and your phone number, because I want to be able to kind of see and, and uh, dream what we can do with some volunteers next year, amen? All right, four of you will sign up, great. This is what I tell bride and grooms before um, I wed thee, right? Um, I say, listen, you need to make as many mental memories as possible during this moment, right? And I was like, listen, you only get this one time. Uh, make sure it, you know, you remember it, because a lot of people blow through their wedding and be like, I don't, I didn't even remember it, like you know. Uh, but seniors, listen, I, I beg you, like during these this last you know, 45 minutes to an hour of crossover, like make a mental memory of this, all right? God has done something special in this ministry, um, and I want you to look around and just feel the presence of Jesus and see people worshiping and crying out to him and like make a mental memory of this that you can look back on a million years from now and be like, man, that was such a special place. But with that said, hey, if you love Jesus, say I do. That's the last time I get to say that to some of you, all right? Crying face, all right? If I cried, I would be crying right now. Two classes stick out to me over the last seven years of crossover. I'm going to blend two together, 20 and 21. Uh, those were some very big, powerful years because those were the first students that were able to go the first four years of crossover. And those people, they, they, they built crossover, I mean, they built Crossover. They wanted people to know Jesus. Uh, they really sculpted Crossover to be formed on Jesus in the name of Jesus and be built on Jesus. And I'm telling you, they hit the ground, uh, just very grassroots ministry of us going into the dorms and uh, really trying to get this thing kicked off and starting them. Like, that was, that was a very big uh, four years for them. But you know what, class... 2023 has been a very different animal for crossover. Um, 2023 took what those first four years from what they put on to their ministry. And y'all, they built the ministry, but you grew it. And I'm telling you that from, from the four years that y'all have been here, 
uh, y'all have seen more things and more change, and you have gone from, uh, from many different facets of where we have been locationally and everything. You've been with us through thick and thin. Like, your class alone has seen more change and crossover than any other class. First off, like, you were the people that, you're the last generation that got to see the ballroom. Anybody in the ballroom days? Come on now, give it up to Jesus. Like, the ballroom days, it was powerful, all right? We're packing, you know, five, six hundred people in there, and it was holy. It sounded horrible, though, all right? Like, the acoustics were horrible. It bounced everywhere, but Jesus was there. And if you notice, it's flat. So when we'd stand up to worship, if you're like five foot two in the back, you can't see anybody up front. So we'd have a lot of girls actually stand up in the back, like five rows, and just, I mean, it was holy. It was fun, like... God did a lot of things there. But secondly, y'all got to see us reach a thousand people at Catlett in 2019. It was it was powerful. Second or third thing is, man, y'all were with us during COVID. Anybody remember those COVID days? Like I was begging Jesus. Like we were on we were on a ramp up before COVID, and then COVID hits, and I was like, Lord, listen. If you can just bring 200 people, Lord, like just bring 200 people 15 minutes away to victory, like please just let them like come. And no lie, like y'all showed up, like y'all showed up, you drove 15 minutes uh, away from your parking spot, which I know is a big deal, right? Fourth thing is y'all actually got to see us go to Lloyd Noble Center, come on now. Like, that was a fun night. That was actually a God movement. We actually had nowhere to go, right? But like, I think it was like a week before we had nowhere to go. And Lloyd Noble's like, hey, do y'all want to come over here? And I was like, sure, right? And uh, we had a bunch of people, but we felt like four in there because of how big it was. But it was, uh, it was fun. It was powerful. Uh, but even on the flip side of that, we're in McCaslin. That was four years, right? That was four years of prayers of like, Lord, open up McCaslin. Lord, open up McCaslin. And we kept on getting no's and no's and no's. But y'all stayed faithful and you prayed and you, and you worked hard. And man, God made a way into McCaslin filled house. But lastly, y'all are the last generation to remember me with hair, right? Come on, right? Don't y'all remember that? Right? Just kidding. I just wanted y'all to laugh, but man, that flow is strong, right? What would y'all do if I just showed up on Tuesday and like I acted like, like it was like normal, right? Okay, let's put that down. It's embarrassing now. All right. <laughs> so over the last week and a half, I've been saying like, like, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I just realized that I was, I was thinking back a lot, like just looking at all the history and looking back. And I realized like how important it is for us to look back sometimes, now, we don't need to be staying looking backwards. What Dr. Tony Evans says is it's important to look back, but not too much. Because if you look back at too much, it'll actually wreck your life. He goes, that's why in cars, the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror, right? You got to keep your mind and your life focused on what's in front of you. And every so often, you need to look at the rearview mirror and see what is behind you and see what you've overcome and see uh, the dangers that are behind you, right? And what I always like to say is it's good for us to look back every so often because when you can look back then, you can see where you've grown now and you can kind of see the trajectory of your life. And guys, I'm sorry, all right? Um, but I just have a few short minutes with you before you get to hear the real, like a, a real awesome 
11 people or 12 people testimony that is going to happen here after me. But why is it important for us to look behind? I want you to maybe think about for just a second. Like, I want you to sit back and think, what has these last four years been for me? I don't care if you're a freshman. I don't care if you're a senior. I want you to just take a mental picture of what the last four years have been. And I want you to think about it. I want you to think about those times at the dorms and maybe something good happened. Maybe something special happened. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about uh, the ebbs and flows of of just college experience, and, and maybe uh, you and your girlfriends, you did this, something exciting, and, and maybe you can think about maybe some of the hard times. Anybody have any hard times the last four years? Maybe you can think about some of the stupid times. Anybody have some stupid times the last four years? Man, some of y'all raise them up quick, all right? Anybody wish that you could change some of those stupid times for some holy times, right? All right. Six of you, great. That means all the rest of you are holy up in here, all right? I always say that when I look back in my life, the things that I regret the most aren't necessarily the things that I have done. The things that I regret the most are the things that I didn't do. And don't get me wrong, I did some stupid things in the past, and yes, I had to ask for forgiveness from God, and I also had to do something hard as well, and that's forgive myself. But the hardest times in my past is when I knew God was either stirring in me uh, a calling that there was wanted me to do, or, or like there was a certain type of person that I needed to be, or there was some time with Jesus that I was supposed to do. Um, I, I can just tell you one, one time, for instance, I was called my sophomore year of college to start a Bible study. I know it. Like, it was almost a similar vision to, that I had when I got, when I started Crossover. Like, it was, it was, I knew it without a doubt. And God wanted to know that, wanted me to know that I knew it, right? Because no lie, he, he said it to me in my dorm room, and I was like, no, that's no number one. The next day, one of my, like, he wasn't a friend, but he was a good acquaintance. He's like, hey, listen, God told me we need to start a Bible study, and you need to lead it. And I was like, no, that was no, too. And then his girlfriend, no lie, said, hey, God told me we need to start a Bible study. And he told me that, hey, you're supposed to lead it, and my boyfriend is supposed to help lead the worship. And I said no three times in a row to the same calling. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that I was called to start a Bible study. And that no still to this day, like, it, it churns my heart because I, I just say, I wonder what if, Lord, like, what would have happened if we would have started that Bible study? Like, how many people could you have reached if, we've, if we would have just started back so many years ago, and like how many would have reached now, and it just keeps on ringing true to my mind. I say that to say this. You are in a moment in life right now, students, either you're about this fresh, clean slate on life. And listen, you're not going to have many very times in your life where you get to start brand new. Now, some of you freshmen, sophomores, juniors, yeah, you might have one or two moments left where you can kind of maybe revamp your life during summer and come back as a stronger person. Students that are graduating, listen, this might be one of maybe two last times that you get to kind of start your whole life over. A clean slate. 
And this is when you can wipe everything that you have been. And you can last four years and you can become a new person. The person that you have always wanted to be. And you can start writing on your life, hey, this is who I want to be. This is how I want to grow. This is how I want to survive in this world. Now, my question to you is, wouldn't it be nice four years from now to look back over the last four years and say, man, God showed up. Wouldn't it be nice to say, man, God grew me in ways that I never could even imagine. Wouldn't it be nice to look back four years from now and say, I gave God the glory in all that I did, and man, his spirit worked in me, and he grew me this way, and man, this miracle happened, and this miracle happened, and man, I wouldn't give that up for the world. Isn't that something that you would like to have four years from now? Now, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't even necessarily say it'd be prosperous. It might not, or it might be. If it is prosperous, just right cross over a little $20,000 check a year. It's all I ask, all right? It's from Jesus, all right? I'm joking, kind of, all right? But man, being faithful, and God is faithful to you. Guys, the reward from... The next four years would be worth it. It would be worth it. And I don't care if you're a freshman. I don't care if you're a senior. Don't you want to be proud of your past? Make a proud past. Listen, what I can say in the next eight to ten minutes is, is kind of just something I want, to, I want to leave you with. Maybe some steps on, on how to make a proud past and all, I, I literally had different scriptures, and I'm kind of just going a little bit off cuff here, and, and God just said, preach your life verse. And I want you all to kind of walk with me. I'm not going to explain all of them. I'm going to explain the front half of it, and I want you to go study the, the back half of it a little more in depth. But my life on 316 did, no question. That's where I started, and Hebrews 11.6 is what grew me. That's, this is what actually was the first verse that actually helped me start growing uh, in Jesus. Um, and I want you all to repeat this after me, and we're just going to do the first half right now. This is what it says, and without faith. Oh, you're supposed to repeat after me, sorry. Here we go. Do I need to count it out, right? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. One more time. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Students, listen. If you do not have faith in God, you are not pleasing God. Why? Because God loves you so much that he wants to have a relationship with you. I know there are some in this room that Maybe you're on the fence of, if, do I have a relationship? Maybe some of you are afraid. Like, if I do die, do I, have, like, do I have what it takes to go into heaven? Or, like, is God pleased with me? Maybe some of y'all don't even know if God's pleased with you. I think the first, if you look at this at the very surface value, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. God wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you so you can have an everlasting life with you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and grow with you and strengthen you like he loves you just the way you are. You don't have to do anything more and you don't have to do anything less for God to love you right now. 
But He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you so He could have a relationship with you. That's at, the, at a thousand miles up, that's, that's what this verse is all about. It's about entering a relationship with Him. If you do not have faith with God, you are not pleasing God. But I believe a lot of us believe that. But I think if we maybe dig down just a second, we think, well, I know that I have an eternal faith with God. I know that, that I trust Him to save me from all eternity. But my question is, is do we trust Him to help us in our day-to-day? Yeah, we got the eternal faith, but do we have the temporal faith? Some of us in here, well, I know most, I know all of us in here, but I know that for the majority of us, one of the things that we struggle with is removing ourselves, right? Dying to ourself and putting on the righteousness of God and becoming a child of the King every single day, renewing our mind and becoming more like Jesus. Every single day, we have to put our faith that God is going to be God in our life. I know that some of you right now, What's happening in two weeks with those finals, it's wrecking you. Anybody with me? Come on. Anybody need Jesus to walk on water over some of those tests, right? Love it. But let's just be honest. Like, finals in school, they wreck you. Like, what if you, what, what if, for instance, you were like, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to study my hardest, Lord, I'm gonna, and I'm going to give you everything, and I'm not going to let fear enter my mind, and I'm going to let whatever happens I'm going to put my effort into it, but I'm also going to put my prayers into it. And I want you to just do with it what you will. Like, imagine if you had that type of peace. How many of us are just stressed out, anxiety-ridden? This is the most anxiety-ridden, uh, like, generation ever. I feel it. I know it. I've, I've ministered to it. I've been a part of it. We've had anxiety. We've had depression. We've had stuck in a rut. Imagine this. Imagine you could be right smack dab in the middle of maybe a panic attack or anxiety attack or just straight up depression where you're stuck and you don't know what to do. Imagine you say, God, I know that I'm stuck right now, but you are God and you are my king. And you know what? I'm going to give it to you, Lord. I want you to get me out of it. Maybe teach me what I need to learn through this. And Lord, I know that you're going to get me out of it. Lord, just please. And you just give it to him. Maybe some of us, we are stuck in singleness, amen, hallelujah, right? Singleness is a blessing or a gift, yeah, sure, yeah. Some of you are like, no, it's not. No, it's not, Brent. But I know it haunts a lot of y'all. Imagine if you're like in that peace and you focused on what Jesus has in store for you for now, and you're happy with who you are now, and you are encouraged by what he is pouring into you now, I know a lot of us are feeling loneliness. Imagine if you say, Lord, listen, I beg you, bring me friendships. Lord, but I also beg you to fill me up. Like, I'm feeling lonely. I need a friend. Future job. I mean, you, you name it. What is the thing that you need to give to Jesus? But this is what happens when you don't give this to Jesus. This is what happens when you don't uh, have faith that God can be God in your life is you take away the opportunity of a lifetime. 
You're taking away the opportunity for God to take care of you as his child and for you to realize that the only way that I got through this circumstance, the only way that this thing happened, the only way that that miracle happened was because God showed up. How many of us have testimonies like that over the last four years? Man, you know what? I was stuck here and God showed up. Man, you know what? This problem was happening and God showed up. How many of us would love to have that type of testimony over the next four years. I can say for myself, I've had, I can tell you story after story about Jesus showing up. I can tell you about seminary. When I was going to seminary and I was working 60 plus hours a week at a church and I had a Hebrew test. Now listen, I can barely pass English, all right? And, and I had this big Hebrew test and I'm sitting down finally to study for it. And I get a phone call, hey Brent, like, I, like you preached about trusting in Jesus two weeks ago, and I think I'm ready to do that. Will you come over and talk with me? This was at midnight. And I was like, Lord, listen. Like, I got that Hebrew test tomorrow, and I don't know it, all right? And no lie, like this peace comes over me. And and he's like, I got you. I was like, all right, all right, let's do this. And I go over there. Um, His name was Sam, and man, Sam was just ready to trust in Jesus with all his life. And man, we talked about it for two, three hours. I get home. I was like, Lord, I felt it, maybe. <laughs> I woke up, went, went and took the test, and no lie, like, I didn't know what I was writing, all right? And God gave me an 82. What? Like, I mean, come on, Jesus, right? But I'm just saying, like, there's no way that would have happened without Jesus. I promise you, like, I promise you, and I can tell you about four or five times that God has helped me financially when I was, like, straight up debt, like, crazy, didn't know what to do, and, like, how am I going to afford this, Lord? And no, like, miracle after miracle after miracle happened just with finances and loan. I can't tell you how many times God has shown up. Students, listen, we need to have faith in God. We need to trust him not only in our eternity, but you need to trust him in your temporary. Listen, your slate is about to be clean and I want you to think about, man, how am I gonna, I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to take off my old self. I'm going to put on himself and I want to be able to trust him fully. My question for you right now is, what do you need to trust him with? Is it school? Is it friends? Is it finances? Is it family? Is it health? I don't know what it is, but I ask you, have faith in God because he wants to be your God. And he will provide for you, and he will care for you, and he will love you. And when you can look back four years from now and say, oh my God, how great my God. That's the type of testimony I would love to hear about. Second part of the verse of Hebrews eleven six 6 says, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I usually make this comparison about hide and seek and how everybody wants to hide but nobody wants to seek, and it's a great sermon. I love to preach it just tonight since so I've got just a few minutes left. Faith is built when you draw near to God and you believe he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Him. And here's the reward. If you seek and you draw near, you will always find Jesus. How many times does the Bible promise, if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open. You want to build a good past? Draw near to God. Seek after him. Like literally seek after him. When's the last time you're like, you know what, I'm not going to leave my room 
until I feel the presence of God? When's the last time you say, God, I don't want to leave my room until you shake my soul? Lord, I don't want to be able to take a step out this door until I know you are here and you are with me and you are encouraging me. Lord, please help me walk out this door for the next moment of my life. But how do we draw near? Just like last week, talked about getting into his word. Why is this important to get into his word? Is because it will penetrate your heart. It will penetrate your mind. And it will allow the spirit to have a little bit of a library and context to be able to, to play off some things in your life. And when you're in the word of God, you will know the will of God. And the spirit's like, hey, listen, think about it this way. Think about it that way. Hey, go talk to that person. And he starts working in and through you. And you're digging up the word. And the word just becomes like your life. And it's a lamp into your feet and say, light into your path. Get into the Word of God. How many of us Christians are scripturally illiterate and the world is tossing us to and fro and doing what they want us to do, but, but if we had the Word of God, we'd say, listen, this is what is true. This is what is honorable. This is what Jesus wants me to do. Get into His Word. Draw near to God. Second way I would draw near to God is you need to seek Him at church. You got to go to church, amen? You got to go to church. You need to serve at your local church and invest in your church. Students who are about to graduate, first thing you need to do, for goodness sakes, and let them walk with you and talk with you and tell you about how Jesus has changed their life and miracle after miracle. And they say, hey, you know what? Like, like I see some things in your life that, that happened to me, and maybe you need to shift this one thing, and man, Jesus could just do a work in you, and you're like, oh my goodness, like, that's amazing. Like, how cool would it be to have an older couple walk with you and love on you and encourage you over the next moments of your life? Go to church. Get plugged into a church. Go get to know your pastor. Go get to know the worship leader. Encourage them and say, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And if your pastor doesn't want to meet up with you, go to another church. Encourage them. Love them. Get to know your church. I'm telling you, the devil is afraid of very little things in this world, but he's afraid of church. Because he can't conquer the church, and the church is going to conquer him. And it's the bride of Jesus. And I'm telling you, if, if, you, want to, if you want to feel the power of Jesus, get plugged into a church that is in fire for Jesus. Amen? My last thing, this is a little bit more of a personal thing, is I want you to draw near to God in your gifting. I don't know if churches talk enough about your gifting. I think each of us, we need to know what our gifting is. There are surveys, there's tests that you can do. I would say also just go serve at church and find different avenues that you can serve in and try different things and see what takes all right, what, what's the jet fuel that gets you excited about Jesus? And once I learned what my gifting was, my gifting, no question, is one-on-one. -on -one. I want to meet up with you at a coffee, and I'm telling you, God just works in and through me. Like, I'm able to put my skin, feel their pain, and I can, I can see what they're trying to say, and God's like, hey, why don't you say this one thing here? Hey, you know what? Why don't you be a little bit direct here? Or, hey, Brent, why don't you be a little soft here? And then ask them about this one thing. And like, I, like I'm, I didn't know what that one thing came from. 
And it's like God just opens up this whole other door to my soul. And like I'm able to connect with Jesus in such a real and passionate way. And then I'm able to literally just let Jesus reach into the heart of that person. And like we have this bond for life. Like it's, it's amazing just for God to use this gifting in my life. But what's your gifting? Maybe it's teaching the word of God. Maybe it's words of affirmation, right? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's, maybe it's just serving. I don't know what your gifting is. But if you don't know your gifting, you're missing out on a lot. And I'm telling you, Christianity, Christianity can be, a, be boring if you don't know what you're called to do. Because the Bible says, find your gifting, and it says, fan into flames the gift that God has given you. Do it, find it, seek it, and I'm telling you, it will be worth it. Soon, drawing near to Jesus, it doesn't only happen in your prayer closet, but it needs to start there. But it also needs to happen in your classroom. You need to be mindful. Lord, how can I seek your presence here? It can happen in your office. Lord, listen, I'm here to work, but I'm here to work so I can give you glory in the workplace. I can give you glory in my finances. I can give you see someone that I do. It can happen in the basketball court. It can happen at the gym. Lord, give me eyes to see someone that's lost or someone that's hurting that needs to know about you. It is the constant pursuit of being in the presence of, of, of Jesus. And guess what the reward is? More of Jesus. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Memorize it. Write it down. Study it. Listen, students, as I close up here. A clean slate is upon you. One of the things that you want to put in. I want to be this type of man. I want to be this type of woman. I want to be able uh, to serve God, love God, be encouraged by God. I want to be this type of person in four years where I can look back and I can say, man, this is what Jesus has done for me. Amen.